Hello and welcome once again to episode 116 of Code Completion. We're a group of iOS developers and educators hoping to share what we love most about development, Apple technology, and completing your code. My name is Dimitri and I'll be your host once again for this episode and I'm joined today by my fellow completionist, Spencer. Hey there. So uh, it's a new year and with a new year comes all the rumors of new products that Apple will release and when. Uh, so Mac Rumors has posted a very helpful uh 2023 roadmap for apple uh so we figured we'd go over a lot of what will be announced yeah um these are all of course rumors although they are from uh a couple uh looks like three people that are pretty dang um well known for being right about their rumors so take it with a grain of salt but perhaps just a grain nothing nothing bigger um for the first, it's kind of got it broken up into quarters. Um, the first quarter would be 14 and 16 inch MacBook Pros with M2 Pro and M2 Max. So we're getting the second generation of these um, sort of expanded M series chips rather than just right now we have the MacBook Air with the M2. We don't have anything else, right? It's uh, the no, Mac the Mini MacBook or Air. the. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and the iPad. The iPad oh, is yeah. ahead of the game. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. I yeah, wasn't even thinking of an iPad. Um that twenty seven inch external display with the mini LED panel. Oh no, we didn't talk about this one last time, did we? No, I don't think I don't we know. did. Um and yeah. this is basically the difference between uh the Apple Studio display and the Pro Display XDR, um, mm-hmm. and why the Pro Display XDR is suddenly five thousand dollars. Um I don't think it needs to be. Uh, anymore, especially now that Apple has gone pretty darn good at their mini LED uh, tech yeah. stack, uh, especially on uh, laptops and iPads. Uh, so uh, I'm expecting this to probably be in the same ballpark as this Apple Studio display, perhaps even replacing it um, yeah. <laughs> now that it has kind of launched uh, mediocre reviews. Um, and I think that would be very welcome because HDR is kind of a game changer for just yeah. consuming photos and videos um, on your Macs. So uh, I'm happy to see that kind of making its way. And that would be a differentiating factor with all the displays that uh, we kind of showed off or talked about last uh-huh. time uh, okay. from LG or from Samsung. Um, is that Apple's displays would be able to show HDR content um especially since there's tight integration with the system they'd be able to control that um Mm -hmm. quite well so uh definitely looking forward to that potentially coming out yeah yeah i can definitely see them just saying like it's the new or the 2023 studio display or whatever Mm -hmm. kind of getting a good refresh that they they kind of need yeah um there's a mac mini with m2 and m2 pro so that's exciting they're kicking a bigger chip into the just the normal size mac mini which is exciting um i think they definitely have the thermal headroom there um i guess the big question for the mac mini uh do you think it's gonna have more than two thunderbolt ports because that's currently like my limitation with the mac mini is the Mm -hmm. the intel one had four right for i think it was split across two buses but it was still four ports um whereas this one has still two buses but just two ports Um, So if you needed to connect more Thunderbolt devices, you had to either daisy chain or have a hub in between. Um, And I think it would be great for the Mac Mini of all machines just to have as much expandability across the back as it can. Um, And 
yeah, if it's getting an M2 Pro, perhaps, right? Because the, the laptops definitely had uh, several uh, Thunderbolt lanes available to them, so... Yeah, it kind of seems, and I could be totally wrong here, but it seems like like the base M1 and M2 chips, that seems to be like a limitation of the chips themselves, not necessarily of like, like you know, oh, we didn't have room in the Mac Mini, because obviously they did, but maybe the M2 Pro version does have four ports or something like that. I'm not sure if mm-hmm. there is some sort of limitation that way, or if they just split, you know, like, uh, yeah, like you said, just have four buses or something i'm not sure yeah because it's it's weird right the the m1 and m2 ipads and macbook airs only have one port or Mm -hmm. no they have two ports now right not on an ipad not on the ipad but the macbook airs those have now have two ports okay um so i guess that's in line with what the mac mini m1 uh mac mini currently has which is two ports um and I guess it's weird because the Mac Studio has four Thunderbolt ports on the back for the M1 Pro, but it has two additional mm. Thunderbolt ports on the front for the M1 Max. Yeah. Um, so the M1 Max clearly has enough lanes for yes. like additional connectivity. Um, and I think those are like each independent buses. They're not like uh, kind of uh, glued together ports on a. Dis- on existing buses, it's like you get a port, you get a full bus, um, yeah. which is really nice. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would guess that the M2 probably is the same as the M1 architecturally in terms of like the amount of lanes. But then the M2 Pro would probably have four ports available to it. And the M2 Max would probably have up to eight, um, depending on what else you were using, right? Sure. Yeah. That'd be really cool if that's the case. Definitely, if you're a heavy user of Thunderbolt, it's it kind of sucks being limited to mm-hmm. two ports for sure. Unless again, you want a daisy chainer, buy another dock, and that's just more money. So yeah, and I think the Mac Mini is like the perfect machine for the folks that do like Thunderbolt devices yes. because it's something you stow away, you connect all the things to, um, and then it becomes like a little central hub for your home or um, whatever you're doing with it. So. Uh, I think that is like the machine that would want it the most, right? A Mac Studio is, is too expensive to stow away, but the Mac Mini is like that perfect <laughs> price point of yeah. like, yes, it's a thousand dollars I'm never going to see, uh, kind of thing. Um, mm. so I think that that is the machine that deserves it the most. Um, so yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see what, uh, the M2 and the M2 Pro, do you think they're going to change the chassis at all or they're just going to keep it, um, the same? Yeah. Like, they I could don't know. Slim it out. They could slim it out, and we've seen people slim it out, uh, kind of ignoring the the power supply requirements and everything. But um, they could, I don't know. I, I mean, it would be interesting to see. I, the kind of thing I'm thinking with the M2 Pro is if they do maybe need a bigger fan, they've definitely got room to put one in that chassis. I mean, it's like seriously 60% of it or something is empty. Um, so they could like kind of maybe tweak the, the, um, the fan and just whatever the heat sink is for it to kind of work better thermally. But at the same time, I don't even know if that's necessary. So it'd be interesting to see how that goes. I really could see it kind of flipping in either direction. I don't know Mm -hmm. if they're just like banking on like, oh, we have literally 1 billion Mac mini chassis here. Let's sell those first until we change, and then we'll change the chassis or something like mm-hmm. that, you know? 
maybe that time is now, right? They've been slowly going through their stock. It's true. Um, the chip shortage or not, right? The, they yeah. didn't have a chassis shortage, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, but yeah, it could hypothetically be as thin as a MacBook Pro, right? Um, mm-hmm. Those have M1 Maxes in them. Um, yep. And uh, that is mostly being taken up by battery. Uh, so if you look at the power supply that comes with an M1 Pro, uh, a MacBook Pro, then that can easily be redistributed uh, to oh, fit yeah. uh, in the space of battery or keyboard or uh, or like touchpad. So um, I, I definitely words, tiny. Yeah, uh, and they just need to change the shape of it to be whatever shape they want. Um, yeah. And they're no strangers to making weird motherboard shapes. Like the iPhone has like an L-shaped motherboard and stuff. Like, yeah, make it. room for the battery, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, kind of next up is a Mac Pro with an M2 Ultra. Uh, interesting. Uh, yeah. We have kind of. I don't know if we want to talk about it now, but there's kind of another. Yeah, let's, uh, let's go for it. So there's additional okay. rumors, right? Yeah. yeah. So go for it. Uh, yeah, the Mac Pro is going to be in the same 2019 chassis as uh, the 2019 Mac Pro was, um, yep. which I'm digging, honestly. I think it was a, oh, yeah. a nice design. Like, go for it. Um, the downsides, though, are there are apparently not going to be any upgradable RAM for it, um, which yeah. I think that's what a lot of people who wanted an M1 uh, Extreme uh, were hoping for. Uh, over the M1 Ultra, uh, myself included. Like, if yeah. I could get more than 256 uh, gigabytes of RAM, I would definitely choose to. Um, I think the the M1 Ultra, what was that maxed out at? I always forget. Um, 128? 128. I think that's what you have, because I have 64 on my max. Yeah, and that's that's what the max is for the max. Uh, so, I yeah, that that is a limitation of the M series chips and the Mac Pro was uh supposedly going to be the the point the entry point to expand upon that. Um and it's especially a shame because the Intel chips that quickly replaced our Apple never used them, but quickly replaced the ones that were being yeah. used in the Mac Pro, uh they happily uh went on to accept two terabytes, four terabytes of RAM for those yep. those intensive needs. And I, by all uh, means, do not need 4 terabytes, but I would have been very happy with 512 gigabytes, um, yeah. which is just not an option, it seems. Uh, that said, these are all rumors, um, but they are on a site called Mac Rumors, so who are we to not trust them? Um, <laughs> and yeah, it, it will be disappointing if Apple doesn't doesn't find a way to make that possible, right? Yeah, I kind of can't necessarily say I didn't see this coming um, just because of the way that all of the Apple Silicon chips are now. I mean, it's not one thing that is nice is they are saying, yes, you would be able to have external or not external, but um, uh, what would you call that? Expandable storage. So Mm -hmm. it's possible to expand your storage with, you know, something like NVMe SSD, which is great. Um, yep. but my assumption is just the way that they've integrated the memory, probably just like a speed or bandwidth constraint of not having it quite perform the way that it needs to, or I mm-hmm. guess is optimal when it's yeah, and not there's a complication right, right next to the SOC. Yeah. 
So especially kind of, like if if there is memory that is directly soldered to the SSC versus memory that is external, um, that external memory is going to be way slower. So how do you coordinate yeah. access exactly. to that? Um, and how do you determine what gets access to that when the user wants it, right? Um, that's yeah. ultimately the problem. And all the applications that would make use of this are not being updated for this machine. Uh, they yeah. are still in uh, three-year-ago land of when uh, what their target audience is supposedly using. Uh, and therefore, they're not going to take advantage of whatever this machine offers, which is the hugest shame, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, an SSD speed is... it's fast but you talk about this the memory speed of uh, or the speed of system ram it's on a whole like order of magnitude faster so Mm -hmm. uh you know if you if you lower i mean not to say that they can't do it they've got you know like the ddr5 is quite fast comparatively but the like the cast latency the timings and stuff is pretty not tight so i'm sure that they've been able to just tighten everything up and keep a high bandwidth by having it right next to the SOC and not kind of having to worry about the tr- literal distance that it has to travel and that affecting things. So, mm-hmm. uh, interesting. I think that it just this. I think just says that it'll have the M2 Ultra. I don't think it's mentioning anything about like an M2 Extreme or whatever the kind of uh, ultimate iteration of the uh, the M series will be. So. I don't know if maybe that'll come in another. I, I I guess another thing that is interesting to me is like how often are they going to update this? Like, is it going to be an every year Mac Pro, or is it going to be like every two years or something? I mean, every two years would be way better than every seven, right? Yes, yeah, so, no, agree, <laughs> agree. Uh, so now that Apple's on its own architecture, that probably makes it a lot easier for them to continuously update it, especially if it's using the same chips that same other, chassis. Oh. Um, same chassis and same chips. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. the other systems are using, right? They just need to mm. go ahead and have a different shape of motherboard rather than an entire revision of uh, electrical components that's hard to engineer, right? Yeah. Um, because, yeah, and when did the MacBook Pros come out? I think they came out two years ago, right? Yeah, it, um, 2019, F- I think. Oh, sorry, yeah. the, maybe 2020. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think 2021 uh, was when the the M1 Pro and Max uh, MacBook Pros came out, which would be yes. like a two-year uh, difference. So it seems like this M generation of chips may not be on a yearly like release cycle because then mm-hmm. by now we'd be on M3, right? Um, and right. we're not quite there yet. So it seems like they have more of an extended lifetime um, and that gives Apple a little bit more time for their hardware teams to like make better revisions and not necessarily uh, make people feel like their hardware is instantly out of date, <laughs> right? As soon as a few months go by, uh, which is good because otherwise you have folks like us who are telling people, hey, don't buy a new MacBook Pro because there's a new one right around the corner, yeah. um, which is what we do with iPhones. Um, because ideally you want something that's going to last you the longest and it feels extra uh silly to have like bought something late in a release cycle um especially when it's so expensive so uh, i think it's good that uh these timelines are a bit more extended um and they are consistent right like we will be able to predict them and therefore make good purchase decisions but if you need a computer right then and there then 
any option is a good option, which uh, is a world of difference than it was uh, several years ago. Yeah. Not to mention that it, it seems I haven't ever, I mean, I'm still on my first, like my personal MacBook Air is still an M1. I don't have the M2. I would assume that the resale value of any uh, laptop with an M series chip or any computer with an M series chip is probably going to be much higher than one with an Intel chip. I'm sure the Intel chip. Oh yeah, then the Intel chip plummeted, mm-hmm. but an M1 is still going to like it's it's like an iPhone. It's still going to be good enough to use after three years, unlike uh, a laptop, uh, an Intel laptop from three years ago type of thing. So. Uh, I agree with like this bigger release cycle is nice, but also like you could just sell it and probably get a fair amount out of uh, your old one and then upgrade if it comes out, you know, three months later with a new one or whatever. So, yeah, um, a quick note on that. So uh, the we had both the last generation Intel MacBook Airs and the M1 MacBook Air, um, and we did trade in with the the Intel one when the M1 came out. Um, and we got a fair amount back for that. Uh, when we tried to do the same thing with the M1, it was like 400 bucks uh, for a fully spec'd out one. So uh, we were not doing that trade-in because it was it didn't feel worth it. Um, so that's the only thing with the M1 series is I have a feeling trade-in values are going to be a lot lower on average than they were for Intel. Not saying yeah. that the Intel uh, is going to get you like more money now. Now it's now it's worthless. Uh, but uh, Back when they were semi-new, like the same like amount of time you've owned it, uh, you would get more back for it than you would now. So uh, that's the only caveat, and I think that's especially funny considering like we are in such, like a global situation of chip shortages that like existing hardware is not well valued. Like I yeah. would have assumed that it would have been right, uh, but I guess Apple has uh, such strong connections with their suppliers that uh, they are not as affected by it so you could just go get a new one uh for uh, a very good deal so why pay a lot for a used one right right yeah to be clear i should i should probably clarify i meant more for like selling secondhand like to another yeah. person but... yeah so if anyone wants an m1 macbook air for <laughs> uh and willing to give me more than 400 dollars, then uh hi <laughs> Dimitri will sign it. It'll be a code completion first. Yeah, but adds three thousand dollars to it though. So hey, there you go. Get it unsigned. It's a better deal. <laughs> um, this is kind of exciting. I think for probably both of us, um, there are the again, they're all rumors, but uh, there will be a new full size HomePod. I'm stoked about that. Um, I don't know. Okay, here's here's my thing with my HomePod. I I still use it and everything, but I also now have a HomePod Mini, where it has a few kind of nicer features, including like being, uh, you, you know, you can like tap your phone on it and it'll switch over to from playing on your phone to your HomePod and stuff. My normal HomePod doesn't have that, so if they just if it's even just like a refresh of like the chip, but the speaker is the same, I probably buy one. Not to mention way faster. Like anytime I ask yeah. uh, the lady for anything, oh, yeah. uh, the the HomePod Minis from like three rooms across are the ones responding, <laughs> uh, and not the HomePod that's right next to me, which is very funny but also concerning. Um, yeah, I don't really use the tap to do anything with uh, the HomePods. 
So, like the big ones. Um, mostly because... Or the small ones, I should say. Uh, mostly oh. because they all the small ones are kind of out of reach. Um, we put them in, like, high places and bathrooms and stuff like that. Um, where the big HomePod wouldn't have fit. So, sure. Uh, yeah. I guess the bigger HomePods are, like, more accessible. Like, I have one right there. Um, so, that could potentially work. Um, though... Yeah, I just never thought to use it. What do you use the tap to tap to do stuff with? Well, sorry, I should be clear. It's not like I tap the top and then speak to it. It's no tap like your I, phone on it, right? Yeah, yeah. What, are, what like, are you? What are you sending over to it? As podcast, just like music. music. Yeah, yeah. Um, doesn't happen all the time, but like there have been times where I've, I'm specifically like, I really wish I could do this with my main HomePod, and I can't. So, um, but like you mentioned, probably the bigger thing is just responsiveness, just having a faster chip mm-hmm. in it to be like, not have, have the lady say, hang on. And you're like, mm-hmm. one moment, mm-hmm. please. Yeah. You need Still to sign working. into your iPhone for personal ex- requests. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, come on. Yeah. Um, I'd say that's the biggest yeah. frustration for us. That's is, true. Is like yeah. the HomePod just being silly with multiple people, uh, in the house. Um, and not mm. like it recognizes who's talking. It just forgets all settings constantly, uh, which is a big shame. Yeah. It'd be nice to have a refresh. I'm, I'm glad, or I hope this is true because I really don't want them to abandon the bigger home pod. Cause I've, I've wanted, there were dozens of us that absolutely love our home pods. So yeah. Um, it mentions that there's a chance for a new HomePod mini that would like accompany this with a, a, mm-hmm. the same new chip or whatever. But uh, I think the bigger news is just a refresh of the original HomePod. I'm personally hoping with a chip with lots of graphic capabilities for that 16 by 16 LED display. Absolutely. On the top. You got to um, play my YouTube videos on it. Just stare yeah. at it top down. <laughs> Maybe Apple uses like all the chips with defective GPUs for these HomePods because it really doesn't make oh. sense to like <laughs> because they are recycling yeah. like full full on system on chips uh with full graphics hardware that like rivals your ginormous xbox or playstation <laughs> yeah. uh from like two generations ago so uh it's it's quite silly that all of that is going in a device that does not ostensibly have anything to display or compute in that regard maybe it's using it for like the neural network stuff um or mm. the voice recognition like i could see that kind of um yeah but yeah it's that's a an interesting silly. idea i don't know about i don't know it i'm personally sense, though i'm personally hoping apple gets back in the wi-fi game uh game especially now that i have left it uh or left apple's implementation of it um but i think it would be good because it was a very simple solution that respected people's privacy uh mm. which it seems like most solutions that exist now are made to explicitly not respect uh people's yeah. privacy especially considering the companies that own the most popular versions of these consumer electronics um so yeah hoping apple would change their mind with regards to that because they had a a pretty elegant solution it had its like weaknesses like if you change one setting the whole thing needs to restart like that could be fixed um sure. but i could definitely see something where uh, you get a HomePod and Airport kind of mixed together uh, yeah. rather than the Time Machine or maybe with Time Machine. Um, 
and that is like a thing that is now possible right it would be a good way for them to i mean if it if a home pod was both a six speaker but also like a mesh network that'd be a really fast way to sell me a bunch of home pods man that would be really yeah. cool i would definitely do it that would bring a huge value proposition to them uh, on top of them sounding especially good, but... them being expensive right like because then yeah. you, you feel like you're getting more for it um and you're potentially getting this once again the same hardware that's in iphones and stuff just with bigger antennas right yep um so uh i could definitely see that being something really cool that apple could do yeah i i don't know i've i never had a um a time machine they weren't spinning hard drives were they <laughs> they were okay so i was gonna say uh, now you just like make it an ssd and it's not a problem with like speakers booming right next to the to the drive yeah. or anything but here i can grab one so I have a stack oh, of these now. They're so, chunkier than I thought. So it's like a two and a half inch drive. No, so it's a three and a half inch drive in here. But how would you fit serious? that? Well, if you look at this diagonally, the height right here is the exact height serious? of a three and a half inch drive. And if you look at oh. it this way, the length is the exact length of a three and a half inch drive. Holy um, crap. So I've taken these apart several times. Um, and if you pop off this lid... Uh, with like care um, and precision, uh, you have like a, f a few like uh, components, a piece of rubber, and then you pull all that out, and then there's just a hard drive that you can pull out. Um, oh my gosh! And yeah, the rest of it is all on the side of it. Um, so they did a good job kind of fitting <laughs> it in this form factor. Um, but yeah, definitely use SSDs next time. Um, I think yeah. they're a little bit more affordable, especially slower ones. Like you don't need fast SSDs. You can go for the dirt slow cheap SSDs um, and pack a ton in there, honestly. Uh, and you get yeah. little time machines, especially if you have multiple around the house. Maybe you have a distributed time machine, um, cool. and then that's something uh, a little different. Like someone's computer goes in this one, someone else's computer goes in that one, um, and yeah, I would say that would work quite well. Yeah. Um, that's nuts that that's a three and a half inch drive. I never would have guessed that. That's crazy. And the non-time machine ones are just the same thing same with size. an empty, uh, oh. empty, uh, daughter board. Um, mm -hmm. so there's a little daughter board for the, the SATA connection or whatever hard drives right. use. Um, and that's just missing on the non, uh, time capsule ones. The, the just air, regular airport extremes. Airport. The more you know. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay, second quarter. What do yes. we get to look forward to in second quarter? Yeah, a 15.5-inch MacBook Air with M2 and M2 Pro. So uh, jumping up in size, which is interesting because I think as of now, they've only ever had 11 and 13-inch MacBook Airs, kind of throughout the history of the MacBook Air. Of course, right now we only have the 13-inch. Mm -hmm. uh, but going up to a higher... Uh, screen size macbook air is interesting to me because it's sort of encroaching on like that was the macbook pro's territory of you want the bigger screen you get the macbook pro but now we're in this kind of realm of like all of the computers share the same chips there's not really a distinction um so they'll probably differentiate it with like in a similar way that they're doing now with like a higher peak brightness screen Perhaps the MacBook Pros only get the mini LED and these are just like mm -hmm. a normal 
IPS uh, display or something. Mediocre so, speakers. Yeah, they're going to figure out a way to differentiate it still. Um, but uh, that'd be kind of cool. Like, I wouldn't mind my next MacBook Air being 15 inches. But at the same time, I actually like the smaller screen. Uh, my mm-hmm. MacBook Pro, my work MacBook Pro, I purposely got the 14-inch instead of the 16-inch. And I quite enjoy the smaller size. It's a little more portable. So, yeah, kind of nice, though. I can see people who are buying this as their only computer to go for this one. Um, no longer spring for a MacBook Pro, which would have been the only option with the larger screen. Um, and this would be uh, the option for users to go ahead and like get a larger screened device on a budget, right? So uh, the key the key audience for this, I would say, is probably students who this would be their only computer for several years. Um, and it would probably last them quite well as a result of that. Um, that leaves a smaller MacBook Air. Like, who would want that? Well, if students are not jumping for that size anymore because they would benefit from the screen real estate, it's probably going to be people who already have another computer, and this becomes mm-hmm. their sole travel computer, right? Something right. light, something portable, um, something that doesn't necessarily need a larger screen. Um, and I think that would that would be a nice a nice differentiation in the product line, right? You have your beefy computer at home and then you have a nice uh little travel computer that is very very fast and has great battery life um just due to the nature of it um but does not need the extra bulk of a larger screen uh to accompany it yep exactly um that's apparently the only thing that is kind of rumored for second quarter of 2022 the first quarter was kind of packed um Moving into the second half of 2023, uh, we've kind of got third and fourth quarter, but we also just have like the second half, not quite sure when it's going to happen, is finally, again, rumored, the mixed reality headset. Uh, Which has a a rumored name. Four times. It has a rumored name now, right? Uh, Which probably won't be used. And that is the Reality Pro, uh, which I don't know whatever cool nice name apple um <laughs> but yeah Just i'm excited of of this tremendously yeah yeah it, yeah uh, spencer asked me why i'm very tremendously why are you excited, excited dimitri because i just spent 800 dollars on glasses um and i have a feeling this will be cheaper than that um or the same price i will take the same price heck i will take an extra two to five hundred dollars on that price because this slim piece of metal costs four hundred dollars and i don't understand why that is the case i guess think of the designers i'm sorry think of the designers that designed the slim piece of metal uh they did an excellent job uh but this piece of plastic also costs six hundred dollars um and it's a piece of plastic number one um there's much fancier pieces of plastic that are going into like technology and those are way cheaper. Um, so I think I'm being, uh, extorted a tiny little bit. Um, but yeah. And I, I know there are cheaper like versions for glasses out there. I know that high index, uh, makes things way more expensive to not be like Mondo thick and heavy. I get it, yep. uh, but prescription glasses are like the biggest money extortion uh, that exists. And if I didn't have insurance, then I would be doing it a whole lot less often. Uh, but yeah, 
uh, I have a feeling that Apple can come in and just destroy that market um, immediately. Uh, it's unlike the watch market. There's no gold involved. Like, it's not even like a, a class thing. Uh, I don't think anyone looks for, oh, is that a Prada brand? Uh, yeah. <laughs> to like really find out. I'm like, do these frames look simple? Um, and yes. Oh, these are Armani Exchange. These are very, very uh, highly sought out. I'm like, I don't care. I just want the simple ones, please. I just need to um, see. And yeah, that's that's the that's the land of glasses at the moment. So um, there is a brand I do care about, and that's Apple. Um, and I would proudly uh, wear those. Uh, so yeah, come on, Apple. One day, one day, yeah. get me those glasses. I have a feeling you'll make them way cheaper than actual glasses, uh, just because they don't cost that much. Or maybe it'll like add a little bit of a surplus because you feel like, oh, this is what people expect. Sure, sure. Like, <laughs> but give me the the value technology, <laughs> the value proposition of some what these can do as opposed to glasses. Pretty good. Glasses do one thing; they do it pretty good, assuming that your eyes are okay-ish. Uh, Reality Pro probably can do a bunch, so that's exciting. I think I'm sure that they've thought of this, and I know that like. I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but there was that there's that um Enreal Air. Um like it's like a hundred and twenty inch screen you put on your face type of thing. Um they'll I don't think it's them, but they've partnered with some um per, you know, people that do prescription glasses to cut lenses that you can put in this, and I'm sure that Apple's thought of that. That's my biggest thing is I um Way back in the day, pre-Facebook uh, acquisition, I had an Oculus, uh, whatever, the first generation one. Not the dev kit, but like the, just the first generation. It was cool, but um, I had to wear contacts for it, and I hate wearing contacts. So I, I sold it because I was like, this this is an absolute pain. If I want to use the thing, uh, I have to put like these pieces of plastic, hard plastic in my eyes. It sucks. Um, I'm going to, you know not use it but if they make it so that yes you can put like uh either replace the lenses the kind of front lenses in this or whatever make it user friendly for people with glasses or you can just wear your most normal glasses that would be great and i would use that that's my only like hang up but apple being apple i'm sure they've sort of thought of that and i'm i mean tim apple wears glasses so hopefully they've thought of that i don't know yeah just punch in your prescription when you buy them and done right <laughs> yeah except my prescription changes a bunch but yeah well that's um, uh, all the more motivation to buy a new one every six oh months no! so uh apple, apple can uh, definitely enjoy that um but yeah i don't think they should partner with anyone i think they should just be the ones doing it because once you partner just, with someone then it's 600 lenses again for what is essentially a piece of plastic that is just grinded down to a certain shape uh yep. so I just got to get a whole bunch of uh, spherical balls of different sizes, and you can grind any piece of plastic you want, Apple. Um, yeah. So, and I don't think there's going to be a chip shortage for that. So, uh, yes, uh, please yeah. do uh, destroy this industry. I want to see it die. Um, <laughs> it's all owned by, like, one company that teeters on Monopoly, yep. but they, they know that they're teetering on Monopoly, so they let the others exist. It sucks, um, dude. It's it's horrible. Um. um. So with this article, um, there's kind of, I think, a couple interesting pieces. <clears throat> um, 
it says the Apple's already working with several high-profile developers on experiences and apps for the new headset and the XROS operating system. Uh, who those developers are, I have no clue, or what kind of apps are going to even exist for this. Um, and then it says uh, it's this first headset is expected to be a high-end and niche product tailored towards professionals and developers before a more consumer-friendly uh, headset launches in the next several years. So. Uh, these are the oculus oculus rift goggles version uh that apple's coming out with first i would say right yeah yeah so So. probably not prescription (laughs) uh but when apple eventually does get their to their apple glasses uh that they are aiming for and we know that they are um then that's that's when i will truly be excited so uh this is a step in that direction um it will be fun to play with um it will be something that's not owned by facebook i mean meta um so that's great um but yeah we'll see where it goes yep next up we have second generation airpods max again in the second half um section not necessarily in a specific quarter uh yet um doesn't seem like there's much known about them but it is supposed to have uh usbc so that's exciting. I have a very important Probably. question spencer do you yeah. think these headphones will compete with all the headphones that came out at cs that have like air purifiers built into them oh my gosh dude <laughs> this is so funny i saw one um not really headphones but it's a mask that you wear um and it's like noise dampening so you could like have a phone call or whatever um and no you one would hear your a, call around you you can finally have your bluetooth dongle and be that that person in public that's just like talking at full volume but you're not at full volume anymore. We've you're come just full like circle. gesturing, like, <laughs> and everyone's like, "What is he doing?" Uh, yeah, so okay, uh, I probably won't have that those features. Uh, it'll probably just no. be normal headphones, probably for the better, for the better, probably. Yeah, but my my assumption with these is probably they have the um, I can't remember what it's called now, but in the new AirPods Pro, uh, like the S two or something H two, I can't. I, too many letters, man. Uh, I can't keep track of them. But better, you know, noise canceling and noise isolation mm-hmm. stuff. So that'd be cool. Yep. I know Iterative. like two people with AirPods Max, but yeah, they pricey. Yep, don't have them myself. Me neither. Um, okay, third quarter. We've got a bunch of new iPhones. The uh, iPhone 15 series, uh, 15, 15 Plus, 15 Pro. 15 ultra is that is gonna, gonna be the be really orange? small one <laughs> it'll be like oh, the one with like one app yeah I'll, I'll take an orange iphone i know you will the the gold one is a piece of not pretty color um so that's yep. all i have to say on colors iphones it seems like the iphone and uh ios might be getting like uh not as much attention this year due to uh, certain headsets potentially being uh, revealed, sure. um, and that's fine. Like yep. they they have plenty of momentum at the moment. Um, as long as they just have faster and faster iterative chips and camera improvements, yep. and I think that's what we've come to expect. And uh, as long as they're doing that, they're keeping up. Right? Uh, they don't need to have these uh, breaking new features every single time. They can have them once every three to four years, and 
as long as the other years they just keep up, uh, then the competition has uh, is going to have a very hard time catching them, right? Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Nothing. It. The iPhone is okay. So like we were talking about, uh, you know, maybe two year release cycle for MacBooks. I I would love, and I'm I'm almost positive that the MacBook is like not near as much of a money maker or the Mac in general is not near of a money maker as the iPhone. So if they keep up the yearly releases for the iPhone, they're printing money and then they can just be like, yeah, we'll we'll have the the slightly uh less um the slightly slower release cycles for the Mac and it's like it's all good. no one cares. People that use a Mac are going to be fine with that because they got not needing to buy a mac every every yeah, it's year less stressful. Nice. but like you're people are used to getting a new phone every year or every two years um but like if you're on the iphone upgrade program they've already got that program set up so you know that they're just trying to give you a reason to upgrade and get on another thing if you're not buying it outright so yeah um i don't know what's gonna happen with the ultra It'd be interesting if it was like made of titanium and super expensive uh got a big ceramic back don't tempt me man oh that would be so sweet i would buy it in an instant be very pretty um it'd be very expensive like three thousand dollars or something i don't Um, know for what's what's essentially a plate on the back i don't think it needs to be that expensive Um, that's true (laughs) from from like a material cost uh yeah a little harder to make the the mm-hmm. watch case i suppose but yeah i i don't know if like they're going for like a more like actual rugged like can withstand temperature thing like they are with the uh the watch ultra or if it's just like oh no everyone buys the pro so we need a more expensive version type of thing i'm not sure mm-hmm. but i don't know i'll always take better cameras right that's that might yeah. be what it's going for better cameras better I'll- battery satellite connectivity you can text via satellite oh yeah interesting uh uh, thing about ces that went on this week is um i can't remember who it was i want to say t-mobile probably not t-mobile someone uh partnered maybe it's qualcomm uh partnered with like android to like be able to do satellite connectivity and one of the things is it is um two-way communication unlike the iphone where it's just kind of like you relay information to uh rescue centers it's like you could i guess text people so that's kind of cool i'm if they're doing that i would be almost positive that apple's gonna do that in a future update just to keep up parity which would be kind of nice yeah i think it's provided by the radios that apple gets via qualcomm um so Mm. those ones have had like fm radios built in uh, like this whole time, just Apple never built anything with FM radios, and that's why you have FM radios on Android phones because it's available. So why not use it? Um, and same with the satellite connectivity. However, I see this being like one half of the puzzle, the other half being owning the satellite network, uh, which Apple seems to have just like straight out uh, invested in. Aka, yeah. they just <laughs> bought bought that space. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if anyone else wants to get in the space, what kind of contracts and negotiations they'll need to do, uh, to be able to do that. Um, because having, having the radios on board is one thing, uh, having the thing to listen to those radios is something else entirely. Right. 
Um, next up, we've got a for sorry that was for the third third quarter. I don't know if I mentioned that uh, the new iPhones. Uh, also for the third quarter is a Series Nine Apple Watch. Cool. Um, I don't know. I'm Again, still expected. on like the yeah. I'm like on the four year watch upgrade cycle. I just got the Series Eight <laughs> and I can't return it, so I got the Series Eight now. I missed the return window, um, which is fine. Oh well. <laughs> yeah, I'll wait till the Series 12 comes out. Um, fourth quarter, uh, interesting, iMac with an M3 chip. So uh, MacBook Air already has the M2 and I, uh, and the iPad, like we mentioned. So it may be that the iMac gets a refresh, probably skips the M2. I don't think we have an, M, uh, an M2 version of the iMac currently. And it seems like if it's coming out in the fourth quarter, they'll just go with the M3. And that'll be the first thing with the... Uh, m3 um also with that imac pro with an m3 pro and m3 max also mini led display so it's basically maybe not quite a pro display xdr but kind of approaching that level of like maybe not that much peak brightness i don't know if it needs a good gnarly heat sink on the back or something but um you know that'd be kind of cool so I'm I'm actually half buying these rumors, right? I believe oh. we'll get a new iMac. I believe we'll probably get an iMac Pro with a mini LED display and Pro and Max chip options. I don't think it's going to be the M3. I don't see why it should be I the can, M3. Yeah. Like, I, I, could, I, I it, it feels like the M2 has more life in it uh, than to suddenly be usurped by the M3 uh, yeah. in its year of adoption. Um, so yeah, I may, see, like, like, maybe. Yeah, it, it's sort of weird. We're like in this state where we're still on the M1 series for like the higher end stuff, but the we have some stuff with the M2. So I could maybe see like the iMac with an M3, but then the iMac Pro with like M2 Max and M2 Ultra or something like that. I don't know. Because mm-hmm. like if the if the Mac Pro that's coming out in the next three months or so is going to have the m2 max and ultra or the ultra um be weird to kind of already one up that in like nine months or something i don't know yeah even the even the mac studio like kept the same chips that were in the mac Pro pros and didn't even iterate on the performance of them it it did have one more option uh which was the m1 ultra um but it didn't need like anything further than that so i can definitely see these imac pros as being like m2 pro m2 max and potentially m2 ultra uh variants and maybe the mac studio gets a spec bump like not even a mention it's just like oh and you can also get the mac studio with these same chips um and they, they move on from there um i think that would be perfectly fine like it doesn't even need uh that that like speed advantage that said maybe apple is planning to do this because they feel like there is pressure to have a speed advantage over uh what intel and amd are kind of like throwing energy at in order to get like some faster speeds um maybe apple feels like well this is something that's plugged in people may be less energy conscious of this uh so let's go ahead and like pull out all the stops and maybe that's the motivation to have an M3 uh, chip. But I, I don't know, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
frequency is hard because you know it all you also have to take in like ipc and stuff but yeah the new intel and amd chips they're getting up to like 5.7 5.8 gigahertz something like that i think they have some special binned intel chips that go up to six gigahertz boost like they're fast man i don't know what the you know apple's IPC. at 3.2 gigahertz <laughs> they're still and... kind of smoking them like <laughs> yeah. i mean you they're, you drag not race a distant and... second <laughs> no they're yeah like you right drag there. race them they're close so yeah i could see um if they man if they if apple boosts the uh the clock speed to like four point five something like that it'll smoke them again just like it has been for the last couple of years so that would be exciting doesn't even do need know, to be that fast do you know what i'm imagining i'm imagining the uh do you remember the the coyote and roadrunner from that like looney tunes cartoons um i'm imagining the coyote in this like big rocket powered like vehicle it's a monstrosity right that's intel uh and then Yes, he wins. He blasts through the rock at the end of it. But then, like, right at the finish line, right afterwards is the fast little roadrunner that just, like, yeah. is oblivious to everything and, like, getting most of the speed for nothing. Um, yeah. So that that's that's the, the image that comes of, to mind. <laughs> a plume of smoke behind him and everything. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, the M2 Extreme is just like, I'm sipping 45 watts this time. And it's like, <laughs> Instead oh, of 30. Okay. Yeah crazy instead of two or three hundred i don't i don't think they're getting up to 300 yet but like 200 that's just watts, the cpu 250 yeah save the, the 300 for the gpu that's like no a man completely they go separate like, thing they can some of them go up to like 600 now it's insane or like 450 at the minimum for like mm-hmm. the highest end nvidia stuff crazy dude crazy crazy yeah so, it's a uh, u.s yeah. electrical systems that are holding them back because as soon really? as you can't sip that from the wall, then like you're out of you're out of budget, right? You can't have a yeah. GPU that's taking a thousand because what's left over for the CPU, right? Yep. And the yeah, monitor, computer, and, like the rest of the subsystem. Yeah, it's bad. It's so bad, dude. Like you can't ask people to rewire their houses uh, yeah. from like shoddy standards in the seventies. Um, <laughs> you're yeah. kind of out of luck. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, the EU is just sitting there like. Oh, okay. Sorry. But, yeah. <laughs> we got our extra headroom via voltage, but... Yeah. It's a bummer. Um, seventh generation iPad mini, which is kind of cool. I um, I have the sixth generation iPad mini. It's, I don't use iPads very much, except for, like, work. Uh, but, like, personal time, I don't use them a ton. But I do enjoy the iPad mini. It's really small. I don't know if it's too small, but... Um, you know, yeah, I I think there is probably a dedicated subset of people that really really like the iPad Mini, so mm-hmm. kind of nice that they're keeping up with that. Yep, um, it's, it's good for them everything. to keep it updated, oh. right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Just so that you know, you buy. I don't know how often normal people buy an iPad. Probably not super often, but um, I don't know when this last iPad came, uh, this last Mini came out, but you know, release it every two years or something they're on their second generation where like other ipads are on like their seventh probably (laughs) yeah there's probably seven ipad pros and those came out later so yeah um that's everything as far as the rumors go which is kind of packed it feels pretty uh 
eventful as far as just like normal refreshes go mm-hmm. but we're also getting like new m2 series chips which is exciting uh and of course like the reality pro headset and everything which is uh very exciting a, a completely new kind of product segment um i'll be interested to see how it goes i don't really have any reason to suspect it would go poorly i think like i mentioned i'm not sure what i would use it for i don't know but you know if they can pack the graphical horsepower of the m1 or m2 or something in it which is very possible i'd assume um they've probably got some good headroom to do some cool stuff with it so interesting to see what the specs are when those come out yep definitely um i think that uh, here's a proposal. Uh, for the last episode of December, we should go back to this list and see which of these cool. things actually came out uh, and came to fruition versus which were like completely out of left field and just did not. Um, and uh, listeners, keep us honest to this, I guess, uh, and let us yeah. know uh, if <laughs> if we've forgotten or not. Um, because most likely, at least I will. Um, but yeah, uh, I think this will be fun to go through one more time, uh, at the end of the year and see like, Hey, did this come, did this stuff happen on time? Was it completely, uh, just a rumor, um, on the site called Mac rumors? Um, or was it something that was, uh, actually leaked? Yeah. I'm going to save, I wouldn't let me save the page. Just give me a 404, but I'll save the text. So we're looking at the exact same text. I don't know if they're going to update this, but uh, yeah, it'd be interesting. <laughs> Let's see. keep them honest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but we'll uh, we'll revisit this. Uh, yeah, that'll be that'll be kind of that's a cool idea. Okay, I'll let you set the reminder because I have like a million reminders that okay. are unreminded in my reminders, and that okay. has decreased its utility um, over <laughs> over the years. <laughs> All right. All right, we'll go for the end of the year. Perfect. Over in software land, uh, we have two new Swift Evolution proposals uh, that have uh, sneaked in. Um, And these are both quite small. So the first one is deprecating UI application main. Um, So as you may or may not know, uh, Swift 5.6 introduced at main, um, which just signifies what is in control of the entry point of your application. And if you put this on a class um, or something that conforms to a protocol, uh, then that protocol can take care of the implementation details, uh, which means that we no longer had to use UI application main, which was a special kind of signifier to the uh, system of what your application delegate was. So because it's no longer uh, like needed, uh, this proposal proposes to deprecate UI application main and its corresponding NS application main in favor of just using at main um, and to provide fixits and make this a hard error in Swift 6. Uh, so very to the point, um, very straightforward. I think it'll be a good, a good little cleanup. Yeah, it's nice that they just give you the fix and just be like, this, just change it. Like, we've done the work for you. Yeah, new templates already use that main anyways, so yep. it's just uh, kind of keeping up with the times. It should work fine with older versions of uh, older distributions because this is all at compile time. This has nothing to do with runtime, so 
Yeah, no harm doing it. Yep. The second proposal uh, is to fix uh, Objective-C for declarations. So uh, in Objective-C, you have import hell, um, which means that you can make import cycles and things get out of hand very quickly. Um, so you have an, a tool called a for declaration, uh, which basically means that you can tell the compiler, hey, I have a class uh, that's called this. Just trust me that it exists. I have a protocol that's called this. Just trust me that it exists. Of course, the compiler will actually like uh, keep your word there and tell you if you didn't make it. Um, but it's a very useful tool to avoid uh, the import cycles that can result of importing another class uh, when that class also imports this file. Um, so to break those cycles, you have these four declarations. Now, this all falls apart when you try to import... Uh, a header that uses four declarations into Swift, Swift will just ignore all your four declarations and then you'll just be unhappy. Uh, so you'll yeah. also need to import the other files um, in this big long list and that generally makes compile times longer especially when you uh, just made a subtle change. You don't need to re-import everything um, because as a quick reminder, an import is a copy-paste of an entire file with its copy-paste and its copy-paste and its copy-paste. So it's a giant mess of a system that Swift doesn't need to deal with, but if you're importing Objective-C code into Swift, um, that's a big problem. Um, so this proposal aims to fix that by just allowing the Swift compiler uh, to acknowledge that these four declarations are real, um, and Swift can go ahead and just do the rest for you. Um, so that means that you won't be missing those methods that mention them, uh, which is like the weirdest part of this. Um that said, there is some uh, some problems with this approach, uh, namely uh, the Swift REPL or the debugger won't be able to see these four declarations. Um, mm. So the debugging story is uh, quite a bit muddier. Um, so there's intense debate happening whether to accept this proposal as is or to make significant changes to it. Um, but it's happening. So if you are still using Objective-C code in your Swift code base um, and you have been saddened by this, speak up. Because uh, maybe you don't care about the debugging support, you just want to not need to deal with the silliness um, every single time you add a new Objective-C feature to your Swift application, so. Yeah, I I have been saddened by this. Um, we extensively use both languages, which sucks. Well, no, it's fine. But there have been times, especially when I was converting things over to Swift, where like to keep, it, operability not even interoperability but like changing one file to swift and leaving things around it to objective c there would have to be forward declarations and um i think what would happen a lot of times i can't remember if it was going from objective c to swift or vice versa but um the compiler wasn't very clear about why it wouldn't let me compile this code it would just say like i can't even remember it's been like well over a year that i tried to do this last but um, if this will help solve that, that sounds good. Um, let me ask you, so like <clears throat> with forward declarations, uh, you just do like at class, whatever, right? Um, that's always been the case. Um, the proposed solution in here, it says like at class foo turns into something, but that's all done under the hood. So uh, effectively we wouldn't have to do anything different. It's just that the forward declaration gets smarter, right? Is that correct? Or do we have to do anything different, assuming this passes? 
so in your in your class so say you're forwarding foo okay um that's not declared anywhere you're just saying hey i have a class called foo um and then you have a class called bar and bar says hey i want to do something with foo in a method um that method right now won't be included in swift um what this does is it says it will be included and it has an argument called foo um so then you can use that method um so that's what this simplifies okay okay Cool. Rather than needing to also import foo um, in like other parts uh-huh. of of the Swift header. Okay. Nice. So there are definitely workarounds now. It just makes yeah. everything slower because then you have one header that imports everything, and that means any change in your Objective C stuff uh, will cause a full recompilation of everything, which is right. slow and not great. Cool. Yeah. Talking about things that are slow and not great, CS aims to uh, get rid of all of that with more 5G, 5G, 5G. Um, But this year, there's no more 5G because everyone kind of got burnt out uh, by all the 5G announcements. Uh, So Mm -hmm. now we have more interesting things uh, like headphones that filter your air uh, by Dyson. Um, But more more interestingly, uh, we have a whole bunch of USB-C products, uh, namely one that makes me very, very mad. Um, and this is because I bought not one, not two, but three of the Satechi four-port USB-C uh, chargers. Um, and they are great because we have one on each side of the bedside, um, providing plenty of Octopus cabling to all our device needs. Um, we have one hidden in the couch. Uh, means Meaning if you need power, you just kind of put your hand between those couch cushions. I uh, hope you get a cable and not something else. Um, and then you can yeah. charge, your, charge your stuff. Um, I'm mostly kidding about finding something else. We have one of those love sack couches, which are like very modular. So it does not accumulate Mm -hmm. anything in between, which is very nice. Um, but yeah, uh, this year, um, Satechi thought in their infinite wisdom, now's the time right after Dimitri (laughs) bought three of these things, uh, to introduce a six port version. Um, so I am going to to growl at them, but I will I will patiently wait until they have a ten port USB C version, and that will be like the super ideal uh, USB C charger. I think for like all use uh-huh. cases, whenever you just need yeah. to like put one somewhere, and then you have a whole bunch of USB C um, like charging ability. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm okay. excited for that. Let me, let me, I let say me ask you. I'm excited for that. I say after I uh, immediately yeah. was mad at them, right? Let me ask though. You you said you have one on each side of your bed. So does that mean that you and Lynn both charge eight things at night, or do you really need two more ports? Okay, so I have uh, <laughs> I have my fast watch charger using one port. I have my iPad using another port. I have my okay. iPhone using the third port. Mm. And the fourth port is dangling there in case I want to charge a computer. Okay. So, would you mirror. Want to, would you use two more? Probably, yeah. Just so that way I don't have to have the 10-port USB-A oh, uh, charger goodness. by Anchor that's, like, right next to it to charge all the old watches and uh, extra phones oh, okay. that, for some reason, are on my bedside table. Uh, <laughs> the, the little... Uh, uh, legend of zelda uh gizmo like that's just plugged in there it wasn't plugged in for a very long time and it's still on at the same exact part of where i was so like bravo nintendo uh for a little emulator that just like keeps battery forever um yeah 
Nice. Okay. All right. All right. So you could use them. I was yeah, just so thinking like... I'm excited really for a thing those? I'm mad about. That's not... <laughs> all right. Um, next up there is uh, also from Satechi is a uh, Thunderbolt, Thunderbolt 4 Slim Hub. This thing is super slim. It looks like probably the thickness of like one of those slim um, CD drives. It's really thin. It looks really it's cool. about as thick as the cables um, you're plugging into it. it yeah. Uh, so it's got three Thunderbolt ports on the back. And then on the front, it's got a Thunderbolt port that goes to your laptop or whatever Thunderbolt device and a single USB-A port. Um, personally, I don't like that expandability, but that's just me. Yeah. I would say what this is useful for is you have a single port and you want to plug in two monitors to it. Um, and you don't want to plug those monitors into your laptop. Uh, this is the device for that when you can't daisy chain those monitors. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I'm still rocking the, um, the OWC, what is it? Thunderbolt 3 dock. I'm, I'm still on Thunderbolt 3 and it works fine for me. But I love that it, it has like four USB-A ports on the back, uh, one more in the front, a USB-C port in the front, and it also has SD and micro SD card uh, slots. So like for me, it's been perfect because I, uh, just for like reliability reasons i always have my trackpad plugged in um i've had some weird like you know kind of laggy mouse issues with my trackpad so i've always just got it plugged in my keyboard's um not wireless so i've got that plugged in i've got my webcam the microphone and stuff so it you know has been nice for that so uh that kind of thing with satechi not really for me i suppose but yeah. it's really thin and it looks really really good so I guess, if anything, I'm excited. Like, if we can get something like I use in that thin form factor, that would be really cool. Yeah. One thing that's to note. the direction we're moving. Yeah. One thing to note with the, the slim, slim stuff um, is, uh, like most things, they shove the power adapter somewhere else. Uh, so yeah. you still have, like, a nice bulky uh, power distribution uh, device uh, for this nice uh, slim uh, DC power device. Um, so yeah. that's... Uh, that's the reason the Mac Mini is much thicker than a MacBook Pro um, at right. the end of the day. <laughs> um, but to get into what you are probably more interested in, uh, Pluggable has a new 16-port dock with uh, yeah. Mondo HDMIs, Mondo USBs, Mondo USB-Cs, um, and 2.5 gigabit Ethernet. Um, I think there's like SD cards um, also. Like I'm just shouting yeah. out things that I assume would be on this thing. I don't even know because there's 16 ports. So there's like yeah. plenty of plenty of spots for stuff, right? Um, yeah. There might be firewire, there might be SCSI, there might be parallels. <laughs> I really don't SCSI. know. Um, That's awesome. It's a, uh, it's a new world out you, there. Yeah, I'll walk you through it here. It's got uh, two five gigabit USB A ports, uh, two ten gigabit ports on the back, uh, and then one more ten gigabit on the front. Uh, one USB 2, a headphone jack, a 95-watt power uh, and Thunderbolt to the computer, uh, two HDMI, two display port, that Ethernet port, which I, I guess is um, 2.5 gigabit. Holy crap, that's a lot of stuff. Um, my issue, and it's so superficial with Pluggable, is I don't like the way that their stuff looks, but uh, if you need some expandability, that's got expandability, dude. Holy crap. 
that's insane yeah just looking at their product images they have like this one of like the little laptop that is uh maybe or maybe not made by apple and then like four 4k displays we have this like monstrous display harness with like cables dangling down um it is very funny and then the picture of an owl i don't get um but you do use satechi um i like how they have uh, airpod maxes uh but then this like not apple laptop just like sitting there um it's funny yeah or uh, pluggable did i say uh, yeah you said satechi um that mac that (laughs) I swear that says MacBook Pro on the image, but it's like a MacBook Air chassis. Maybe not. I don't know. I can't. And tell it's like it's running like Windows. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, it's also not like it doesn't have perspective for some weird reason. Yeah. Probably just photoshopped in, but it's. I mean, the expandability is really cool. If I was still using a um, like a multi monitor setup, that would be really nice. What I had to do before was I had just a a separate dongle that wasn't a part of this uh, this OWC thing that gave me two more HDMI ports and it was fine but like an all-in-one thing like that would be nice if I was still running multiple monitors yeah it's $300 so that's it's kind of a lot but you get a lot for a dollar per port right you have to count them up yeah (laughs) it's about that um but that's not all. Uh, everybody is getting MagSafe, right? Yeah. Kind of interesting. Um, G2 uh, standard for wireless charging uh, embraces Apple's MagSafe for universal compatibility. So this seems like they're actually going to use like MagSafe. It's not like a similar standard, but it will use like the same magnet setup and everything. Uh, so I would assume that's probably coming to like android phones and stuff but i just thought it was interesting that um at least for me i have very much enjoyed the last couple phones that i've had with magsafe i've mentioned that i have this um anchor magsafe uh, charger dock thing that just stands up my phone and i love it i think it's great and having um the magsafe puck when i want to charge something just knowing like wireless charging is great but also knowing that you're getting like maximum charging efficiency and you're not off by you know, half an inch and only charging at whatever the speed mm-hmm. uh, is nice. So I thought it was kind of interesting that um, whoever decided, yeah, that's probably a good thing that we want to have for more things and it kind of trickles down to um, non-Apple devices. So kind of cool. Yeah, definitely looking forward to this. Um, it feels like another case of Apple donating technology uh, for the good of... Yeah uh the world and i say apple but it's probably a few engineers within apple that are pushing for this i doesn't seem like apple would want to do this uh but they've yeah. done it many times like USB-C uh is a famous or is a maybe not so, usb is a famous one but USB-C is maybe a not so famous one um the reason why USB-C is everywhere and the ultimate irony of everyone like saying that the eu is forcing apple to have USB-C. they've always been planning on adding USB-C because they made a USB-C, um and they basically gave it to the usb consortium or whatever they're called um so that way yeah. we can have uh devices that have reversible plugs um so th- that is uh that is the path that apple has kind of set forward for themselves um even if people don't necessarily think that was the case, that is the case. Um, so it's it's unfortunate that Chi's charging has like such a weird, <laughs> weird uh, 
name at least uh in non-chinese speaking uh countries yeah. uh, but that's just what it is i guess it's better than an acronym uh like usb um yeah but and people just call it wireless charging right mm-hmm. it's like whatever like my parents don't know that it's chi or whatever but i guess yeah i don't know i don't know where i was going with that yep so uh yep. looking forward to to chi getting better um i'm very saddened by the chi charger like i guess follow up to the one i put in my car uh it sucks um you have to like <laughs> turn on the charger when the phone is ready there for it to charge if you like turn it on first and then put the phone there out of luck uh if you lift up and remove and replace your phone like out of luck you gotta unplug and replug the the power thing uh so uh yeah i look forward to chi getting better and gaining magnetic ability just so that way things can just snap on to the spot that it needs to snap on to and maybe that can trigger a little switch internally to get the thing to charge i don't know um yeah one can dream so uh there's a lot more that got announced at ces um as with usual most things that get announced at ces don't make it to reality um including 5g no i'm just kidding we all got 5g it (laughs) is okay um so it's something for sure yep so yeah uh go check out ces stuff i guess um i think the things that we mentioned are probably gonna come to fruition um considering like half of them are ready for sale uh so Yeah. yeah something to look forward to this week's episode of Code Completion is brought to you by Pennant. Calling all sports fans. Want to keep track of the season, but there's so many teams and not enough time? Check out Pennant. Pennant provides sports standings at a glance. Pennant displays league standings as a simple bar chart where the best teams rise to the top throughout the season. Of course, you can dig in deeper with team stats, game results, and more. Version 10 introduced the all-new, customizable My Pennant View, uh, where you can build a wide selection of visualizations for any sport, division, or team. Unlock Pennant Premium to add as many blocks as you'd like, and put any of them on your home screen as a widget. Whether you follow MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, or MLS, Pennant has you covered with more sports and leagues coming soon. Thank you so much to Pennant for sponsoring Code Completion. Download Pennant on the iOS App Store today. So, uh, Spencer, um, I've got a Code Completion tip for you, uh, and that is to visit a website called swiftdoc.org. This is unfortunately uh, a slightly out-of-date website. Um, it was last updated for Swift 5.1, um, which was like 20 years ago, uh, it feels like, um, at the rate that Swift 5.x releases have been uh, coming out uh, over the years. That, holy crap. <laughs> that says, yeah, you're right, because I just clicked the drop-down on Swift Doc. Swift 5.1 was with Xcode 11.3. We're yep. on Xcode 14. Holy crap, dude. Yeah, that was okay. a good four, three years ago. Um, wow. Uh, we've been on Swift 5 for a while. Uh, yeah. But uh, SwiftDoc is amazing because it does something that Apple's documentation is very poor at. Uh, it gives you the actual uh, class interfaces for all of Swift's gnarly protocols and interfaces and um, all of those kinds of things. So if you are curious, for instance, hey, what's a bi-directional collection? Don't go to Apple's 
documentation. You will not get anything useful out of that. Go to Swift Doc, which will list out everything that Swift bidirectional collection mm-hmm. has, everything it conforms to, everything that conforms to it. Um, it is an invaluable resource for building on top of the Swift standard library. Um, so uh, that that is uh, my tip to everyone who is kind of like building on top of the Swift standard library to go check that out. Um, I'm hoping that it can one day get updated for Swift 5.2. Um, I'm not wishing for 5.7 uh, anytime soon, uh, but 5.2 maybe. Um, but yeah, uh, jokes aside, I think this is an invaluable resource that I've used uh, time and time again uh, to build up components um, that were not so clear, um, especially when it came to um, how did collections work and how do you mm-hmm. extend sequence and things like that. Um, how do you uh, make a new fixed point integer kind of thing? Um, so uh, fixed fixed with integer. I don't know. Uh, go go check it out on swiftdoc.org. <laughs> so is this um, just kind of giving a pretty interface for like the headers, or is yeah. it, are they doing more than that? No. So that's the best part of this. This is auto generated from the headers. Um, and everything that's provided in them, they just did an amazingly better job at doing that than Apple did. (laughs) Yeah. So they just need to like run whatever script they have to go through all the headers and like update the website. Then it's not, yeah, it's as easy as going through. Yeah. 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 I I don't think it's by hand. I think it literally is, uh, an automated process. I don't know if the format has changed from 5.1 to 5.2, which made that not, uh, an automated process anymore, which is why it stopped getting maintained. Um, they, um, they have a GitHub, well, account, but they have a page for Swift Doc, and it looks like it's archived. Um, it's public, but um, maybe it's just not being maintained anymore. Yeah, um, that, that's what I figured. It and Bring it back. It. Yeah, that'd be cool. Nice. That's that's exciting. That's a good one. I um, Yeah, the docs are less than useful a lot of times so that that's cool as always i want to personally thank everyone for listening in this week please be sure to follow us on twitter or mastodon.social at code completion to know when new episodes go live and feel free to tweet or to at us if there's ever a topic you'd like for us to dig into most importantly as a small podcast please be sure to share this with your friends and family we're also interested in any part of the process of app development it's your support that enables us to continue doing this and we Hope to grow a healthy community around everything we discuss. Once again, I want to give my thanks to Spencer, who is at Spencer C. Curtis. That's S-P-E-N-C-E-R-C-C-U-R-T-I-S uh, for joining me this week. My name, once again, is Dimitri. You can find me at Dimitri Buniel. That's D-I-M-I-T-R-I-B-O-U-N-I-O-L. And we'll see you all next week. Bye. Talking about things that don't suck. Uh, so I have a mini non-tech review uh, okay. corner. Uh, and that is for the uni pizza oven. So uh, we got this a few months ago, expecting to make pizzas for Thanksgiving. That didn't happen. Um, but we decided to make pizzas during the one time of the year that it decided to rain cats and dogs in L.A. Um, so we've been playing like uh, Russian roulette, uh, trying to pick a day to, to make pizzas. And it's been good so far. Every time we're done, it starts raining. And that's like, oh, we finished all the pizzas. So perfect. Um but uh, Uni Pizza Oven. So this is an outdoor uh, pizza oven. The one we got is the 16-inch um, powered by propane. Um, so you have to have a propane canister, and you just 
plug it in very nice. simple it has a clicker built in um and uh yeah uh it's uh names it's uh prime feature is it gets very very hot um they suggest you to get one of those uh laser uh thermometer temp guns uh, which yeah which we got um and this thing definitely goes over a thousand degrees fahrenheit um so holy crap it gets uh it gets smoky um one of my i'll i'll speed speed up to a bit that i found funny um we were wondering well how do you clean the pizza oven because like cheese falls off and like burns on the stone kind of thing uh yeah. and they basically suggest just pump it to max for 30 minutes um and Burn it's it self-cleaning um yeah. and that is very true because like we uh, like a tomato uh fell off and it turned into a charcoal husk of a tomato like there's no tomato <laughs> left over um it's a it's a it's the great equalizer of uh of ovens uh anything you put in turns to charcoal and will just make its way out over time uh so you don't really need to worry too much um uh the but yeah great equalizer um, of, onion, of ovens <laughs> That's so funny, dude. Um, so yeah, it's it's a pizza oven. It it heats on like the left and back side, um, and then the right and front side are obviously not heated. Uh, that's very important because that gives you temperature control. Because um, I have never seen you know the, like time lapses of bread like baking. This mm. happens in seconds. You put your pizza yeah. in, and half of your pizza starts like expanding and poofing and then the cheese starts like melt it's a time lapse in real time uh because it is so hot um nice. and and it is it is excellent uh so i'm gonna share some tips uh for anyone who is gonna be adventurous enough to get one of these uh one do not attempt to outsmart uh the pizza gods and get like stainless steel pans and put those in thinking oh mm. it'll be easier because you make your pizza on a pan you put it in and you take the pan out it's done uh no the stainless steel pans went wank uh from the heat um, and they restored afterwards which i was very impressed by so a plus on these pans uh amazon forced me to order them one batch at a time because the limit once per customer and i'm oh, like yeah nope i'm gonna keep ordering these um <laughs> as soon as they come i put in another order and um and i'm glad i did because we were able to prep lots of dough as a result of that um but yeah don't don't use the pans we learned that the hard way uh the dough will not cook um and the dough will not cook because although the parts of the oven are a thousand degrees the air is not um because the air is just mm. like coming in and out so you need to make sure this thing gets very hot so the stone itself is at like yeah. 700 degrees fahrenheit um, and that's the secret to cooking the bottom of your pizza. Um, and that means that you need to get the pizza to like adhere to the stone and don't touch it until uh, it's kind of good. And you know it's good because you can see the dough on the top, the crust basically, poofing up and turning into a beautiful crust. Um, and as soon as that is like perfect golden brown texture, the bottom is also cooked. So that's when you know, okay, it's time to circle my pizza because meanwhile... On the other side of the pizza is raw pizza, yeah. raw dough. It did not cook at all. Uh, so that's the point where you need to go with the peel um, and spin it. Don't touch it a moment earlier. Otherwise, the bottom is not going to cook uh, nicely because you're touching it too much. Um, so that's that's like my, my main tip for cooking these things. Uh, get a peel. Um, I bought a, one from Amazon I'm not happy about, so I'm not going to recommend them. They shipped without screws, so I had to be adventurous with copper wire to attach it. Um, because I needed it now, um, so that's you don't like get a what? 
don't don't get the peel I got from Amazon. So a pizza peel is a a stick with like a small little metal uh, attachment oh, to kind of rotate like the pizzas. Giant. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like a giant spatula that's spatula. very flat. Yeah. Uh, made okay. for pizza ovens. Um, has like a little bump so that way you can lift the pizza and actually rotate it. It's like very purpose made. Um, the mm. one I got sucks, so don't get it. Um, I'm not even gonna mention it. Uh, I left a a mediocre review. Um, nice. showing my my handiwork with copper wiring um, and my uh, unacceptance <laughs> of awesome, any future uh, correspondence from that seller saying like oh we're so sorry it's like I don't care I moved on um, but uh, yeah uh, get a peel you're gonna need it um, we copped out and bought dough from Trader Joe's I don't know if anyone has Trader Joe's in their area um, but if you go early enough in the morning they have lots of pizza dough before they sell out of it um, one bag of that pizza dough makes two like twelve inch pizzas. So uh, nice. my recommendation is get that bag uh, maybe four hours before. The people say you can do this up to eight hours before. Don't do it eight hours before. Maybe like four hours before. Uh, go ahead and cut your pizza dough into two. Uh, make mm-hmm. a nice round ball. Like re uh, stretch it as much as you want. Like you can touch it at this point. Um, but you're gonna let it sit um, in a heavily floured. Uh, container for like four-ish hours for it to reproof, reproof, proof. Uh, it's a weird word. Um, but yeah, so flour a pan, put your pizza doughs in. Um, before you put your pizza doughs in, I uh, learned the hard way that you should probably oil them with olive oil. Uh, this keeps oh. it from drying out, um, especially if you put it in the oven and if it was like fifty-eight degrees <laughs> that day uh, that we we're doing it. So we actually turned on the oven a little bit um and then quickly turned Mm -hmm. it off just so that way the oven was warm versus the rest of the house was frigid um so we put that in the oven um also put like a little bowl of water or a tray uh pan of water underneath just to keep it hydrated in there and cover with like a towel um let that sit for like four hours um you'll have some nice doughs afterwards um for sauce uh get a nice can of um uh whole peeled tomatoes um like i can link a video that i saw recently that tells you what's the difference between a whole bunch of these fancy cans some are fake some are great um Uh you can go ahead and pick your favorite it doesn't really matter at the end of the day uh we put salt and sugar which completely changes the flavor of the original tomatoes but makes us the 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 sauce sweet um as a result of that so maybe a little olive oil a little salt sugar taste it it's it's already cooked so you can just like taste it then and there um to get an idea of what sauce your pizza will have um, you're only putting a very little amount on your pizza, so it doesn't really matter. Um, just as long as you like the flavor, you're good. Um, we got a whole bunch of uh, dry uh, mozzarella, which we put in the food processor nice. to make into uh, freshly, freshly. Um, I don't know like what grated. are those grated? Yeah, uh, like pick your shredder. Your... Yeah, shredder. Um, and then we also got those ovalini uh, mozzarellas. Um, so that way we have some fresh mozzarella uh, in nice. addition to the dry. So heavily so cheesed, good. delicious. Uh, found some beautiful chanterelle mushrooms to put on the pizza. Um, this became very bougie pizza very quickly as a result of that. <laughs> um, we we had other things to put on, um, and that was all great. So uh, with the dough, uh, do not just look up on YouTube how to stretch dough uh, because you will... Uh, end in disappointment because they're going to start like throwing it doing shoulder rolls and making you feel like a great big disappointment um my my technique was to take the dough and then to go with your fingers and just kind of like push 
and spread a little bit heavily floured surface you're not a professional pizza place you can have burnt flour on your pizza it's not a big deal yeah. um yeah. but to to go and to like stretch it little by little to form a crust so you never want to touch the crust itself you're only touching the middle and you're not really touching the middle you're touching the edge of the crust basically and you're stretching it out from there um so pick your size of crust and then just kind of spread 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 and at a certain point it gets big enough where you can use the bottom of your hands against the dough against the board um that you're working on and then just kind of like stretch it um and it gets very flexible um and that's way safer than trying to put it on your knuckles and doing anything yeah that quickly ended in disaster but this was a very quick way of spreading lots of pizza doughs um and then yeah uh get yourself a wooden peel uh heavily floured again don't try to be fancy being like oh i want to use bare minimum and then your pizza's gonna end in disaster just use a lot of flour um put your dough on there uh put a a thing of sauce put your cheese uh and then the secret is don't be afraid of the oven the oven is very hot but you are outside of it the pizza peel that you have the wooden peel that goes entirely inside of it and then like you're pulling the drapes from a oh. from a table with everything on it you want to pull yeah. that peel uh as fast as you can uh and be confident with that because if you're not confident that pizza is ending in disaster um and all the toppings on that pizza are ending in disaster like you don't want to shake it or do any of yeah. that because every time you shake it all your toppings go forward and turn into uh like charcoal, charcoal. um <laughs> so it's not a disaster for oven your oven don't care um just like uh that excellent george carlin skit of uh the planet earth don't care about all our pollution stuff like that it made humans for plastic it's just going to carry on um all the animals is like they care but (laughs) the earth does not um (laughs) same with the pizza oven it's the great equalizer uh so uh just go in with confidence put in uh your peel nice and slow and then pull it out um and one in one smooth motion um, before you do that, like double check first. Like give it a little shake. Does the pizza slide? It, You're in good yeah. shape. If it's if it ain't sliding, uh, you need to get your your hands full of flour and go underneath carefully um, and ruin a, a beautiful pizza that has like their toppings carefully uh, made into a mountain uh, to fix that. Um, but yeah, everyone slowly learns uh, in the process. Uh, your friends will be like, okay, I'm putting less toppings on for the next one because the oven mm-hmm. has made a equalizer out of my pizza. Uh, and that has been made clear. Um, and yeah, have a fun time. It was it was real, real fun uh, having people over uh, and making a bunch of pizzas. It cooks them in like two minutes. Uh, it takes a little bit yeah. longer to reheat the oven and get that stone very hot again. But as soon as you put a pizza in, lower the heat uh, because otherwise it's uncontrollable. Uh, and that thing like it will catch fire. Your pizza will catch fire, yeah. uh, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. <laughs> um so yeah cool yeah i was gonna say like preparation aside if it cooks the thing in like 60 seconds to two minutes that's uh you can cook a bunch of pizzas really fast if you, you know yeah. all prepared them you just like that's faster than cooking something in the microwave that's crazy dude that's super yeah cool and it's like i said a time lapse of the whole thing happening which is like mesmerizing <laughs> to look at because you don't expect like real time to happen that quickly but at a thousand degrees fahrenheit it does um yeah. and like everything the cheese like visibly melts uh the That's so cool. the dough that was flat like turns into the nice poofy balls of air that uh you can enjoy and 
yeah, as long as you end up with a cooked pizza, then it's a happy pizza at the end of the day. Excellent. That's very cool. That's yeah. I um, I don't know anyone that has a pizza oven, but that's really really cool. That looks awesome. Well, now I do. I do know someone that has. Actually, I think Paul does too. I think we talked about that one time. So, anyway. yeah, highly recommend uh, an uni pizza oven. Um, they are uh, a little bit expensive, but definitely, definitely worth it. Um, and yeah, they invite a bunch of friends really, over. Yeah, they look really nice. Like I'm sure this thing would last you for freaking ever. Yeah, this is going down as a heirloom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> definitely uh the propane tank this is actually the only thing that like has really guzzled through the propane tank uh so mm. far and are like two to three uses of it um and yeah before you invite anyone over practice like that's a key <laughs> a key thing to success is you need to be confident it's not hard you just need to be confident and not uh like flailing because it's very hot um and everything will burn um and if anything does burn, you just need to scrape the stone with your pizza mm-hmm. metal pizza peel uh, to get a nice new surface, new. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun to have people over to just like make your own pizzas, share your creations, uh, laugh at the person who made a uh, towering mountain that just like flopped over and just like started burning, uh-huh. uh, turned into nice. a calzone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh like it's it's an overall good time just make sure to have enough doughs prepared ahead of time because that's the Uh only part that takes like several hours uh but go to cherry joe's and cheat that process by not making the dough just reproofing it only nice that's cool trader joe's man so good i didn't know that they they did that with dough that's that's really cool yeah just gotta go early early i don't know if every trader joe's does this i guess um because that has to come from like some local bakery um so mm-hmm. that like sources it and they just rebrand it um yeah yeah no to see that's interesting i've got one pretty close by not that but, i have a pizza oven but well if you have a regular oven you can also do the pizza method it's just not two minutes right it's 10 to right. 15 like on the dough it's like oh cook your pizza for 10 to 15 minutes um and yeah, we got yeah. these uh gluten-free chickpea doughs too because um one of our friends is uh has celiac like real celiac oh. not not fake celiac yeah. Um, and, uh, that was also funny because, uh, that says like cook for 10 to 15 minutes and like in 30 seconds, that thing was good. <laughs> it's yeah. like ready to be consumed. The cheese was even melted, yeah, normal but it's like, oven. oh, it has to come out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Cool. So that's super cool. One day I will get a pizza oven. Yep. Anyways. Bye everyone. Bye.